What's going on, you bunch of nerds? This is Tyler with the Nerdwide Podcast, episode 25. I'm your host, Tyler Haynes, with my friend here. What's going on, you bunch of nerds? This is Tyler with the Nerdwide Podcast, episode 25. I'm your host, Tyler Haynes, with my friend here, Mr. Chris Rivers. Chris, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing, man? I I'm doing all right. It had been uh you know with this new job starting to settle in. I get my own hospital starting on Monday this week, so I'm uh pretty excited. A little nervous about it, but you know, so excited nonetheless because yeah. it's a whole new hospital system that's just gonna be just mine. Because you know why not? So whole hospital just for yeah. You. you know why not? <laughs> Especially since I don't know it all yet. How are things been? Uh, how's work? How's how's life treating you? Pretty good, pretty good. There's rumors uh, at the job of um, possible pay increase. So, oh, that's also some good rumors then. Yeah, some yeah. Good rumors. <laughs> I don't like the bad well, ones. No. <laughs> uh, guys, this is the Nerdwide Podcast. If you enjoy what you like, if you enjoy what you're hearing and or seeing, don't forget to subscribe to either our YouTube or podcasting service of your choice. If you enjoy the show, make sure you leave a thumbs up on YouTube or give us a good rating on your podcasting apps and services. If you don't enjoy what you see or hear, make sure you leave us a comment and let us know how we can improve the show. And if you want to do more, you can always go to patreon.com slash nerdwide. So last week we did a poll up on the Nerdwide Twitter and shared it around on both of our Twitters. Of what would you like to see since we are in a little bit of a downtime, we're a little bit of a lull between our shows uh, and reviewing things. So the, the masses of you voted for a show and tell. And ladies and gentlemen, that's exactly what we're going to do. So what we're going to do, we've got three items out of our collections, whether from various different things. Um, I went with Funko Pops just because, like what we were talking about before the show, I've got 133 of them collected so far with many more I want and are hunting for. Um, Chris, I believe you're doing movies. Yeah. And so what we're going to we do... what? We should say, too, that for those listening on audio, this is going to be a lot more telling than showing. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, so what we'll do is we'll do from our – we've got three each. We'll do our least favorite. So I'll go first, and then Chris will go, and then we'll keep going to our favorite out of our collection, which is tough. We've, we had this discussion uh, before the show as well, and our favorite out of it, if you want to call them that. So uh, I'll go first. I'll go ahead and lead it off with my – how do I dry my hand off? don't want to you know, put fingerprints and uh, – wet condensation for my Diet Coke on here with my black and gold Batman Ooh. Beyond Funko Pop. I'm going to put it a little bit closer to the camera so you all can see this one. Oh, that's a nice one. It's a limited edition of Batman Beyond. Uh, it was their 80 years of Batman celebration. You could only get this if you bought the uh, box set and digital set of the Batman series. Uh, and yeah, this bad boy, uh, it came with the the case. I think it was like $45 of all the episodes in the movie. And now, Chris, it's worth 75 of buckaroos. So just going to keep that, uh, keep collecting that bad boy and not let that go anywhere. That is a nice piece, though. Oh, that's beautiful. I, I, I love the how the box is black and then the gold uh, foil. A lot of your um, your Funko Pops are your traditional white, like you'll see here in a minute. But I enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. So, like like you said, it's tough narrowing these down, man. I, uh, but 
these are three sets from my horror collection. I went specifically horror. Okay. Because I know how fond you are. Yeah, of course. And uh, and this and this first one actually is a video game adaptation. Mm. Uh, we have here the complete limited 4K and Blu-ray collection for Resident oh, Evil. Look how look how massive that bad boy is. I mean, you've got... Oh, it even slides off like that. You've got all the films. This is everything through the final chapter. Um, that's just... I didn't realize you were... I didn't realize you liked the Resident Evil series. Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't played all the games, but I've played... Seven is horrifying. I'm just letting you know. And then eight, of course, came out last week, but... Um, But yeah, as soon as this got announced... I put my pre-order in. Of course. And um, I think it retailed for something like 70 Jeez. I could, I, I, I could be wrong on that. I'm, I probably am. Was it six uh, movies, I think? Because I've had it for a while. Yeah. I think did I, did I watch all the... What was the last one called? Final Chapter. It was I 2016, think, I think. I think I watched that one. Because I watched all those movies in theaters with my brother. Because yeah. we both really enjoyed the Resident Evil uh, series, and we love Mila Jovovich. And uh, I remember a lot of them distinctly, because we watched them a lot of times. I'm trying to think, if we watched the final chapter, which one was the one with the submarine in the Arctic? Oh, uh, see, now you're going to get it. <laughs> um, I think that might have been the last one we watched, was that one. Details, details, Tyler. Uh, that might have been five. Was that... I can't remember if that was five or six. I don't remember what the final chapter. I don't think we actually watched the final chapter. If he did, he'd watch it without me, but tool. All right. And the second one, this is between first and second is the hardest uh, to pick for me. Um, just because I love both of these entities and titles for separate reasons. But my second number two here is or my numero two not second number two is my bt and jack from titanfall 2 uh this is one of their their bigger ones of course jack fits into the bt figure and uh sits comfortably in there where's a picture of it up here right here on the side of it i've never taken them out of the box to try now this is one of the things i this comes in because you know how they all have their own little collections older uh, uh, line or whatever you want to call them. So this came with four different lines from the Titanfall 2. And I could never, ever find any of the other three. I got lucky to find this one. So I got this bad boy uh, from a local comic shop. I maybe got it for $20. This thing is now my most expensive pop at $122. So... You know, if if you want to, of course, it's one of Titanfall Two, one of my favorite video games, uh, right. ever, and I'm not ever going to go away with that thing. And of course, within right. our house, we don't know what we're doing with our Funko Pops. Um, we're I'll, we're, we're going to put them in our bonus room, but like, like I want to keep some down here. But like as you can see, my shelves are pretty stocked for the most part. I can't really do much else, and I've got a lot more collectibles I want to put down here. But I don't you know. could just line the you could line the walls with custom shelves. All That's, the way, just run it around. Well, see, I could, 
But uh, my artwork and stuff, I got artwork over here, and then Horizon Zero Dawn artwork here. I just well, don't want to get shorter bookcases. Then. Yeah, just, just take half the stuff off the bookcase. So, <laughs> like, I still have to set all this stuff up over on that bottom shelf, and I got to put something oh, down yeah. here too. So maybe my Voltron might go down here. But who knows? Yeah, yeah. All right, Chris, all right. numero two. This was uh, this was a pretty easy pick. Because it's it's such an influential movie. Um, it's a this is a recent release. It came from Second Sight Films. You were able to order this and the Blu-ray edition together. This is the 4K edition of George Romero's Dawn of the Dead. Oh, look at that butte! I like and the color is, on that one. It's packed too, man. It's got uh, three different cuts of the movie. Oh, well who as, knows about who cares about Snyder cut? You know what I mean. <laughs> as well as the the fourth disc is completely packed with special features. Um, so yeah, this came from Second Sight. It they are a British company, so the 4K you can play regardless mm-hmm. as long as you have a 4K player. Uh, the Blu-ray is region B, so you would need to make sure that you have a region free blu-ray player i did not know that was a thing yeah huh you have to order those on i got mine from amazon can't buy it on amazon uh, i don't need to buy it <laughs> but uh it's kind of cool because i don't have to if i do see something i want i don't have to worry about is it region one or region a for the u.s mm-hmm. i can just pick it up and it'll play well, that's pretty so, cool oh i yeah. just love it huge, huge fan of this movie though man I've never seen it. So that's just right. that's, that's well, it sounds like we, one of my taglines. So we've got to uh, come up with a slate of films to watch for October. So that yeah, that, that sounds like it's going to be at the top of the list, don't you? <laughs> All right, my numero uno, Chris. I bet you could imagine which one this one is. I don't know. I got this one from the comic book shop as well. I think uh, my girls got this for me for. Either my birthday or for a Father's Day. Is it a big one? It is a big one. Yeah. So this bad boy, uh, fairly expensive when you first get it. came in a a box set um, that you had to get exclusively per month. And it's uh, beautiful red and gold. You can't go wrong with that. And this, of course, is my Age of Ultron Hulkbuster Funko Pop. Uh, we were talking earlier about my, I'll say it for every one of these are the prices. So this thing was maybe $25 or $35 at the shop right now. It's like, I think the app said 18 bucks. So, you know, went down in value, but this bed has never been open. None of these have ever been open or will be open. And I keep it in good condition. I packed them well and it's my favorite pop right there. Of course, until I get, uh, potentially until I get my Voltron pop, but I'm going to have to go hunting for that somewhere. All right. Yeah, I've got one of those Hulkbusters, too. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it, it, it's a nice one. It's, so, a, it's huge. I love it. Of, of these film series I pulled off the set, uh, off the shelf, this had to be, this had to be number one. Uh, this is, this came out, I think, in October. 
or the previous October. I can't remember. We, listen, 2020 was a just complete trash yeah. show, so it, we don't we don't even talk about it. It's thrown everything. Right. Anyway, <laughs> this is uh, 12 films on 16 discs. Okay. This is the Scream Factory edition of the Friday the 13th collection. That is absolutely awesome. Listen, if you're on podcasts, I urge you to go to YouTube and look at this just absolute beaut of artwork and a box set. Holy hell. Ha- oh, look at got that. The, got the back, which is open with all the discs in it. Oh, is that yeah, digital art- and Blu-ray? The artwork wraps around. Oh, that is cool. And um, then got the mask on the top of it, too. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. It? There we go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the thing about this is it was only the second time that all the films had been released together because it started out as a Paramount property for the first eight movies. Oh. And then New Line bought the rights, which is how we eventually got Freddy versus Jason because Freddy was a New Line property. Um, so the two studios had only come together once before on an agreement to release everything in one box set. And that was a limited edition that before this came out, if you bought it on the secondary market, that edition went for something like 800 and something dollars. Mm. It was insane. It was in a tin box and everything. And how many of those do you have? None. <laughs> I missed out. I was like, I'm not, I'm not, yeah. I'm not. But everything's in here, um, and I think everything that was on that set is in here. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that that was beautiful. I loved that one. Um, I think I've seen Friday the Thirteenth movies. What was the one with um, Halloween? Is what I'm thinking of. But I've I've seen some of the Friday the Thirteenths. I'm pretty sure I have. Did you see the remake or the original run? Uh, no, I have not seen any of the Friday the 13th, no. I'm okay. thinking of Halloween. I've seen all the Halloweens. Okay. <laughs> Tyler. <laughs> and that concludes our show off show and tell, uh, or tell and tell if you're on podcast services. <laughs> Chris, let's get into our TV. I yeah, want let's to, do that. I want to know, what have you been watching this week? <laughs> um, well, I'm disappointed, let me tell you. It doesn't take uh, much. It's going to make me, <laughs> drive me to drink. Um, <laughs> so, the only thing I watched outside of my normal, you know, stuff was a little documentary on Netflix called The Last Blockbuster. And uh, it's all about the last blockbuster video in Bend, Oregon. It's still there, right? And it's still there as far as I know. Every other store has shut down. When they started making the documentary, there were 12 blockbusters left. Mm. Um, Three of them were in Alaska. The others were kind of scattered a little bit. Since then, actually by the time they finished the documentary, everyone but that one store had shut down. And... The documentary is interesting. I think I, I think on Letterboxd I gave it either three or three and a half stars. 
I was kind of going into it hoping for more of a history. Right. Then they then they gave um, they kind of touch on it some. They intercut. I think they talked to three or four people that were part of Blockbuster. Everybody else were celebrities. Oh, of course. Um, which a lot of them had worked at Blockbusters. Uh, Adam Brody, who used to be on the OC, for instance, uh, had worked at a Blockbuster. Uh, Jamie Kennedy's first big acting job was a Blockbuster commercial. I did not know that. For what they called their entertainment team. And it was four people, two guys uh, and two women. The other guy was Jim Gaffigan. Hmm. So they kind of hit home runs on who they chose, I guess, right? Right. But uh, they talked to Kevin Smith in this. Um, he gives some of his thoughts on different aspects of it. They talked to. They mentioned Quentin Tarantino, who never worked at Blockbuster, but he did work in a video store um, be- before he got started. It's a really interesting documentary. I mean, the the woman that manages the store is. Um, her entire family at one time or another has worked in that store. No kidding. Just as an effort to keep it alive and the community, that's where a lot of the high school kids go and get their jobs. Um, So it's more than just like a, uh, an actual chain store. It's a community place. That's probably what's keeping Um, it alive too. There, they talked to a couple people that rent there and one guy, they, they kind of got, injected a little humor with because he's describing his walk to the store he's like i I cut across the railroad tracks and they film him walking across the railroad tracks (laughs) and he goes in and he's talking about the conversation that he'll have with with her in terms of here's your due date and here's this here's that and they have him you know he's saying this stuff but then she and the guy are Acting it, I mean, doing they're, they're acting it out and mouthing the words. Now, so it, Blockbuster was a two night rental, right? Or is that Hollywood Video? You had your new releases. Anything, I think it was anything thirty days or newer was two day rental. God, I mean, those and are some bring me some memories right there. Everything else was five. Because I think that's where. Pretty sure Buffy and Smallville, the original seasons, I rented mm-hmm. from Blockbuster. And like that's what we did. My mom would every Friday we would go and get we could either get like a movie or a game and I chose Smallville or Buffy and watch the first couple of seasons from Blockbuster. Yep. They'd rent you the whole season. I think the T V seasons they might have been seven or ten day rentals. Right. You try to get through them all. But, uh, yeah. Very, uh, very interesting documentary. If, especially if you have memories of that, right. I would advise watching it. Check it out. Have to, it's like uh, an hour and a half. That's not bad. I might have to check that out then when I get some time. You know, speaking of time, you know, we had no Invincible, no Marvel <laughs> properties to watch. Uh, no Superman and Lois, which of course we've only got uh, two weeks until it comes right. back. So this this next episode we do will be coming back that Tuesday. Um, 
so we we did a bunch of catching up or caught back up on uh the mass singer we're not going to talk about that because that's just um just a filler show uh we finished the circle of course premiered its finale this past wednesday um I liked this season was as good, if not better, than the first season. Uh, the contestants, especially the one that I was rooting for, made it to the finale. And same thing for my wife; her her favorite made it. And it's really cool how they do it. And I, if you like just trashy reality TV, like it's just so much fun. Like, and I've even made the joke. And I said, hey, they've uh, they've got a uh, the Circle Paris. Hey, they also released uh, the Circle Brazil. I said, we uh, if you want to watch it, just put some subtitles on. <laughs> uh, and then I also restarted Star Wars: The Clone Wars, the animated show, because you know Bad Batch came out uh, last week or last mm-hmm. week when we uh, talked about it coming out for May the fourth. And so I'm trying to catch up on all that, especially with the Mandalorian. I'm trying to get a little bit more of the lore with Ahsoka Tano. And um, what went behind the scenes there as far as the Mandalorians as well. So I'll do the Clone Wars, and then I will do, which I've got four more seasons to go on Clone Wars. And I'm going to do the other one, Rebels, Star Wars, whatever. Rebels. Webbles. Webbles. And then I'll start Bad Batch, because Bad Batch is doing a weekly drop, so I don't have to worry about being too far behind, hopefully. Yeah. That's what I do with work. I hope I hope my job is not listening. But what I do is I'll work on this screen, watch something on this screen. As long so, as you're getting your work done. Yeah, I mean, as long as it's getting done, who cares, you know? So, but that's uh, that's all I've watched, and we have got a a TV news week this week. Of course, we've got six news stories, and we're gonna start off the first one. With a little uh, network called CW that no one's ever heard of. We're going to Variety.com with Joe Otterson for this one. And this is a, a lot, headline reads, Kung Fu renewed for, renewed for Season 2, Stargirl gets Season 3 at CW. Uh, quote, we are beyond proud to continue to share the stories of Nikki Shin and Courtney Whitmore, two strong, powerful young women at the center of this new generation of hit shows for the CW and Kung Fu and DC Stargirl, said Mark Pedowitz, chairman and CEO of the CW Network. Quote, while each boasts remarkable talent on both sides of the camera, Kung Fu and DC Stargirl have not only treated fans as visually stunning action and high-flying heroics, but they also both strike very powerful emotional chords as they delve into the family dynamics and personal relationships at their core. And we are so excited to see what happens next. Uh, of course, this renewal co- announcement um, for Kung Fu comes just under a month after the series premiered. It has enjoyed strong ratings on the network since then, making the renewal all but a certainty. It was also the only scripted CW series this season, still waiting on a word of renewal for coming into upfronts. Stargirl, I need to watch. Uh, I also need to get caught up on all of my uh, CW verse shows. Chris, honestly, I might put Star Wars to the side and start catching up on our CW shows and just get a little bit grounded back to normalcy. Yeah, I it's been so long. Mm-hmm. There's a lot. That, yeah, there's a lot, but there's also I'm it would feel weird for me jumping back in halfway so i almost want to like pick a show and and just start go through it 
from scratch? That's so I did. I think it was late last year. I might have talked about it on the show. We did. Uh, I wanted to watch Crisis. It was, yeah, it was during COVID uh, pandemic, and I got up all the shows up until Crisis, and then I stopped watching them. No. Supergirl, I watched all the way through because it's just in case it was a preparation for uh, Superman and Lois. And then the other other shows, because like I did it in the, the watch order they premiered in, which was mm. confusing. I've got a list on my phone, a website. and But like after the crossover episode, you don't have to watch them in order anymore. You just binge them. Because before the crossovers, they all sometimes will come into this show. You know, Cisco would go to the Supergirl, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and that's why I did it that way. But now I still need to finish off Black Lightning, which is a phenomenal show. Um, Arrow, I'm done with forever because of the finale. And Supergirl, I'm done with. So I got Black Lightning and Legends. And I need to watch Batgirl and Stargirl now. Or Batwoman and Stargirl. By the way, put a pin in Cisco. Yes, put a pin in Cisco because that's going to come back here in a couple and uh, a couple of stories here. Speaking of number two, Doctor Strange was written out of WandaVision and he was set to appear in the finale. Shocker. Everyone knew this was supposed to happen. We're going to rollingstone.com and this is by Brian Hyatt. The story of WandaVision's main character, Wanda Maximoff, aka the Scarlet Witch, is set to continue in 2022's Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. But the two projects were almost linked much more directly. As Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige reveals in Rolling Stone's upcoming extensive oral history of WandaVision, Marvel struck a deal with Benedict Cumberbatch to appear in the final episode of the show as Doctor Strange. But late in the process, they wrote him out. Quote, Some people might say, oh, it would have been so cool to see Doctor Strange, says Feige, but it would have taken away from Wanda, which is what we didn't want to do. We didn't want the end of the show to become commoditized to go to the next movie. Here's the white guy. Let me show you how power works. That meant the Doctor Strange movie, too, had to be written. In the end, Feige says Marvel's process is a wonderful combination of very dedicated coordination and chaos. Chaos and magic. At one point back when Doctor Strange was supposed to be part of the story, the in-universe commercials were going to be messages from Strange to Wanda. And there was also talk of having Cumberbatch appear in one of the ads, head writer Jacques Schaefer says. There's a whole lot to unpack here. So first off, I get it. He was, because if you had Doctor Strange in that last episode, mm-hmm. that's what, it, what the talk would have been more about, more than Wanda herself dealing with grief and what we, what they focused it on. And then the the last one here is they were going to put him in the commercials and then have him at the end after, that would have been awesome. That would have been a yeah. lot of fun, but I, I get why they didn't do it. Yeah, it it is. I mean, like you said, this wasn't really a a secret. Everybody figured that's the way that they were they were going. But uh, it is kind of different for them, especially this soon after the fact, to come out and admit, yeah, we were going to do this. But because normally they keep that that sort of thing close to the vest, and mm-hmm. you'll find out about it like four or five years down the road in a Q and A at a Comic Con or something. Um, but it would have been nice to see him, you know, or even if it's not see him specifically, if, if we'd seen something representative of him, you know what I mean? Right. 
Like just to be a little nod to people paying attention that oh, Doctor Strange is is somehow involved in this. Yeah, I don't I don't know how they didn't like I don't know how Wu didn't mention him, like at all. Yeah, they'd be like, oh, is this a do we need to call Strange? And someone would be like, oh, he, he's unreachable right now. That would have been great. You know, that would have tied everything together. But they might have filmed that already before they found out that Benedict wasn't going to be in it and stuff like that. I, I can see how. Yeah. Things get all right there. And, of course, you know, speaking of Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, from one Sherlock to another, let's go to number three here. The Sherlock Holmes spinoff, The Irregulars, canceled after a single season. We're going to Deadline.com, and this is by Peter White. The Baker Street Irregulars won't be solving any more supernatural crimes for Netflix. The streamers canceled detective drama The Irregulars after one season. The series, which premiered on March 26th, followed a gang of troubled street teens in Victorian London who are manipulated into solving crimes for the sinister Dr. Watson and his mysterious business partner, the elusive Sherlock Holmes. This comes despite the eight-part series landing on Netflix's top ten list and edging out The Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Nielsen's weekly U.S. streaming charts at the end of April. Uh, that's crazy. Like, yeah. how were you in a, the top ten for for a couple of weeks? It looks like, and even edging out, almost getting close to being the Falcon and the Winter Soldier on the streaming charts for the end of April, and, and you get canceled and get canceled. There, I they, wonder what happened behind the scenes. They definitely could have stood to retitle the show. Yeah, um, I mean, naming your show after incontinence is not exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like uh, if they would have branded it like more or advertised for it more, probably would have done even better. But it sounds like it did fine on its own. I don't know why they canceled. I think if they had if they had just made clear through the title um, that this was Sherlock related, you know, something about Baker Street or whatever, right? You know, so, so that fans would have known. I, I think that would have drawn even more people to it i think if because i'm a huge benedict cumberbatch uh sherlock holmes fans even the rdj movies i'm right there with you if they would have like the the baker street irregulars or something like that because that would even drawn it in and it's a good title i don't know why just the irregulars worked and i didn't see any advertising for this no and i think that's what uh there has to be something that went on beyond behind the scenes that did this yeah I think so. Maybe that and it could it could writers. just be maybe it was expensive to film and mm. and they want to clear the budget to bring another show on. Yeah, that's that's crazy that just after one season it's got all those good ratings on it. But yeah. to each their own. Let's get back into the CW here. We're going right to the Flash for this one. Jessica Parker Kennedy is returning to the Flash for a few episodes. We're going to the EntertainmentWeekly.com for this one. This is by Chancellor Agard. The West Allen family reunion is growing. So mild spoilers for those who are not caught up within maybe the past two seasons. EW has learned that Jessica Parker Kennedy is returning to The Flash for multiple episodes, including the superhero drama's 150th installment. That means Kennedy, who played Barry uh, in Iris' daughter from the future, Nora, a.k.a. XS, will cross paths with her super brother from the future, Bart Allen, who will be played by Jordan Fisher. He is actually on set now filming, and he is hilarious to watch on Twitter because everyone wants to see the suit. And he'll take a picture like of his phone like this where it just shows his face. He goes, 
I'm eating a sandwich in my suit right now. That's all I'm showing, though. It's just a picture of his face. It's hilarious. Um, who will also appear in that milestone hour. As of right now, though, there are no other details about Kennedy's return. Mm. I like it. She did a great job as XS, and I'm glad to have her back. Now, I want to go into a little bit more depressing, saddening news to the Flash and the CW-verse. Number five, Cisco and Harrison Wells exit the Flash. We're going to Deadline.com by Nelly Andreva for this one. Exclusive. The Flash, which already has been renewed for Season 8, is bidding farewell to two original cast members, Tom Cavanaugh and Carlos Valdez. Valdez, who plays Cisco Ramon, will end his run as a series regular after the CW drama's current seventh season with an appearance in the finale. Cavanaugh, who has played Eobard Thawne slash Reverse Flash, as well as the various versions of Harrison Wells, actually was slated to end his tenure as a series regular at the end of the Season 6. He hinted about that in February 2020 Instagram post, which didn't draw much attention at the time. But a couple of weeks later, the pandemic hit, shutting down all production and cutting short the seasons of dozens of series, including The Flash. As a result, Kavanaugh quietly ended his series regular run with episode three of season seven, titled Mother, which wrapped the outstanding season six storylines, but he continued on the show as a recurring guest star. His status transition was not seamless. He has not appeared since the third episode, but the DC's drama's producers have assured fans that he would be back. Online listings indicate that Kavanaugh might appear in episodes 9 and 10 and beyond. His final appearance this season is being kept a surprise. There are no current plans for Kavanaugh to continue on the show beyond that, but there is a possibility for both him and Valdez to do guest stints. Mm. So it sounds like they are um, wanting to just take a break from The Flash. I mean... Uh, Stephen Amell did the same thing with Arrow. I mean, it's yeah, done, they've done this for almost a decade now, and I get it. I mean, you want to do other things with your acting career. You don't want to stay stagnant. It's you see this a lot of times with uh with sitcoms and people like that. They mm-hmm. just don't. They want to do do more because there's more out there to acting than there is just a TV show. Yeah, and and to be honest, these these networks, the production companies, they're kind of excited when this happens. Mm-hmm. Because you have a budget, and the longer you stay on a show, the more money you make. Right. So if they can bring on a fresh face to take their place, they don't have to pay them as much. And that gives you room to pay the established people like Grant Gustin more money to keep him, and then you just kind of rotate the people underneath him. It makes Um, sense. But I also wonder, now, when the season wraps... Will they still be short of Arrow's episode count? Is Arrow still going to be the longest running superhero show? Let me. How many episodes? Arrow. It had seven full seasons. One hundred and seventy. How many Arrow had? Yeah. So, Flash had the. Yeah, they're getting the close to doing one hundred and fifty. They had the pandemic shortened season, so that. That hurt him, right? Uh, I'm curious to see what what happens though, because that's exciting. Because um, they've already got another tech guy that works at Star Labs now. He's introduced in the most recent season that I'm on, and so I didn't know about Harrison Wellesley because Tom Cavanaugh. And both of these are are when you think of Flash, you think of both of these characters, right? And I hate that Tom Cavanaugh's leaving, but 
they've they've run the Harrison Wells storyline into the ground. I mean, there's nothing else you can do with those characters, and I get it. And again, this is not not having watched season seven, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but speaking of running something else into the ground, just kidding, because this didn't have anything to tie into that at all. Number six in our last one, our TV for this week, is Disney Plus's Loki has a new start date and day. We're going to TVLine.com for this one by Rebecca Iannucci. Loki moves up Disney Plus premiere will now release episodes on Wednesdays. I have some thoughts on this one. The wait for Loki's small screen debut just got a little shorter. Originally slated to premiere Friday, June 11th, the Marvel Studios series will now drop on Wednesday, June 9th, with subsequent episodes also releasing each day, each week. Uh, Series star Tom Hiddleston broke the news himself in the video embedded above, teasing Wednesdays are the new Fridays. Why? That's, I mean, I just, I don't, there's so many questions to this. I don't, because waking up on Friday or staying up late on Thursday to watch these is like a, was a weekly tradition. Now we're going to put in the middle of the week. I don't, I don't, hmm. I don't get it. No. When do you do spoilers now? Friday? Right. Because, I mean, you do spoilers on Monday. I mean, I don't. I I think you still have to give people the weekend. Right. Most people. But it's. The article I saw, and I can't remember if it was this exact article, uh, basically just said Loki date moving or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I clicked on it and my, my fear was, oh, they're bumping it back two or three weeks for some reason, even though it's done. Um, and then when I saw the, the line that it was moving up, I thought, oh, well, that's perfect. You know, they're going to close this gap right? and it, we're, we're going to get it a week or two sooner, two days. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Uh, I don't, I don't know if maybe in the future their plan is the films are going to drop on a Friday. Mm-hmm. So drop the shows on a Wednesday. And... That's what I was thinking. Because I think this one's only eight episodes. I could be wrong. But I think this one's only eight episodes. Which, yeah, I mean, technically could put it to Black Widow's release. And that's, Chris, that's probably what they're thinking of. Is Because we want the buzz for both of these titles. Mm-hmm. Well, let's, you know, when we've got these gaps, we could do it on Fridays. But when we've got a, when it's going to butt up to a movie... We're going to have to do it on Wednesdays. Mm, mm-hmm. That makes sense. I wonder about Miss Marvel because Miss Marvel is going to have a bunch of. Because that's our. After Loki, I think that's our next TV show besides What If. What If I, is not going to get enough buzz as these live no. action stuffs are. And it's probably going to be one of my favorites. Right. Especially with all the, the same actors coming back to do VA. So. Yeah. Oh, man, I don't know. I was, I was pretty bummed when I saw this because, like, I really enjoy my Friday routine of waking up real early and the buzz and the hype around these shows. And now it's happening on a, on Hump Day, and I just don't. <laughs> Anyways, releases this week. We got Thursday, May thirteenth. The new season of Castlevania drops on Netflix. And for those that absolutely love musicals, Friday, May fourteenth, High School Musical: The Musical: The Series Season Two comes no. out on Disney Plus. You didn't watch the first one? It's a fan favorite no. here at this house. I haven't watched it no. yet, but it uh, 
fan no. favorite. Yeah. <laughs> and that is it for our TV section. All right. Oh, it's my turn. It is. It's all you. All right. So now we're we're going to go into movies. The news isn't going to take very long, but let's go ahead and get into the review for our movie of the week. So excited. Tom Clancy's Without Remorse, headlined by Michael B. Jordan. Mm. Tyler, mm. what'd you think? Let me tell you, this movie was a lot of fun to watch. And at the very beginning, um, some light spoilers. The, the whole thing is set up similar to the Punisher's uh, storyline. This guy goes and does this op uh, as a part of a team. Somehow things get leaked and backtracked, and the the Russians start killing all these people's families and them, and trying to, to kill them all, to silence them. Obviously, Michael B. Jordan's character lives, and that's what starts off this this movie. But some of it was brutal, and the movie was so well shot. I, I watched it on our... Our uh, 4K TV with surround sound, and it was absolutely beautiful. The music was great. The visuals were fun. Narratively, it was okay. It's your classic uh, shooter military movie. Um, we, you know, we talked about it a little bit before the show. I didn't realize that these Tom Clancy titles are connected. Like Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan was... Uh, mentioned one of the characters in it was mentioned in this movie uh, a couple times actually, and well no it was just once. So they connected the universes that way. Which if you mm-hmm. haven't seen uh, Amazon's Jack Ryan, please watch both of the seasons. The first one's better than the second one, but they're still really good. Um, and it was just a lot of fun. Like a lot of the things they did were different. Uh, like the playing scene was was different, and that was fun. And I mean, with these kind of movies, you have to shake things up a little bit because a lot of them are the same. And I felt like uh, Tom Clancy's Without Remorse did that. I had a lot of fun cast members. Jamie Bell, uh, who played Ritter, if you know him from Griffin, from uh, Jumper, he was. Um, yeah. God, what else was he? He was something else that I watched. I think and, he showed up in Once Upon a Time as well. Uh, Fantastic Four is what I was thinking of. Yeah. And Once Upon a Time, I mean, he's, he's been in a lot of things. And I thought it was funny, though, because Jamie Bell and Michael B. Jordan, both Fantastic Four cast members. Yeah. And yeah. I bet they had a lot of fun filming with each other. Uh, Guy Luke Pierce, Mitchell. Luke Mitchell. I mean, albeit brief, uh, I really enjoyed yeah. seeing him. I said, so wait, is that the guy from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? And as I was sitting there IMDb-ing him, that was it. I was like, oh, okay. He, well. he was also in uh, Blind Spot. Blind spot. I mean, he's as, he's um, a great actor. As uh, Jane's brother, I said it. Jane, Jane, played by Jamie Alexander, which who oh, plays full Lady circle. Sif. Oh, I'm glad Thor. to have her back in the new movie, but we're, that's not what we're talking about now. Uh, right. I mean, they had. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was just fun. I mean, Guy Pierce, uh, Adrian Killian, was in this and was a fun character here and. I really enjoyed this movie. Uh, I like these classic action shoot 'em ups, especially when, like, uh, I liked it even more when they connected it to a universe. I mean, now I want to go back and watch the other Tom Clancy movies to see in titles and see if I can pick it up. Like, uh, I played the Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon, uh, Wildlands, and Breakpoint. Breakpoint, I never beat. 
just because uh, it had a rock, real rocky launch and the controls just don't feel good as Wildlands does. But uh, I still enjoy them. I mean, they're fun games. I just can never get through them all the way. And, and this movie was a lot of fun. I'm very, very, very curious if they make like a Without Remorse 2. I hope they do. I mean, they left it open for what they could. But I am all in if they do, and I really want that. For this movie, though, I want to give this a... Uh, I'm going to do a B plus, uh, Just because a, a lot of it was, like I said, a lot of fun. The visuals and sounds were great. The narrative, though, and the 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 story was okay. I mean, you're it's just as classic what you would expect it to be. But yeah, yeah. A, a B plus. Um, I'm gonna go with a B minus. Um, I loved the film. I gave it three stars on Letterboxd. Yes, I gave that movie a B plus. I can't stand her. <laughs> she said, yeah, this is the sexiest man alive. Yeah. <laughs> Multiple times throughout the movie. Anyways. Sorry, Chris. Uh, oh, you're good. <laughs> B, B, B minus. And then. Uh, so she's really going to have a problem with my grade then. Oh, she didn't um, hear it. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, I. It, the the cast was good. The, obviously, the story is good. It's based on the Tom Clancy book, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I won't lie. At the end, and there's there's no real way to talk about. That. I I was kind of hoping that they would go a different direction. I know it's part of an interconnected universe. I'll say that the way that the the way that they set it up set it up for a future movie mm-hmm. left, left the door open i was kind of i felt the impact would have been better if they closed that door completely yeah and i think you know the the the, the point that they would have done that mm-hmm. you know is it uh, the, the small boat scene they sort of left it there the what the small boat scene where they're on the small boat talking uh-uh Okay. Okay. I think I'm no. talking about them. No. Um, so, anyway, th- that that's what makes talking about a movie that's this new hard mm-hmm. because you don't want to you don't want to spoil it. Um, but yeah, I uh, I really enjoyed the movie. I there were points when he parted Ritter's hair with that with that shot oh. when he had him pinned up against the wall. It was, was so well him. done. Like, he just one-armed choking him. And I was like, the amount of strength and just audacity he is holding this man against the wall right now was so well done. Like, you could see, that's what I was talking about, like, the, the, the picture and the film of it all. Like, he had him choked up against there, and you could see him losing color in his face and his lips of how hard he was choking him. I said, that's hard to do without yeah. either A, actually choking him, or B, with CGI makeup. It, and he might have. But, right. You know, he, he might have told him, go for it. Yeah. Harder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But no, I good movie. Uh, what I watch, I would watch it again 
if they made another one. Yeah. And I was uh, I think ready to watch it. I don't know that I would seek it out to watch it again on its own. I think this movie would have been really great in theaters as yeah. well. I think it would have done well, on average. Um, and, you, you know, they may open it up for theaters down the line. But I don't know. As, I like Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. As, as a comparison, we reviewed one. It's been a few months now. The Old Guard mm-hmm. with Charlize Theron. I would go back and watch that. Yeah. I don't know that I would watch this unless I was watching it. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's it's like your classic just military shooter action movie. I mean, it's once you've seen it, you've seen it. And like with the old guard, I feel like there's more of a uh, backstory and more things you can do with that than you can with this one. There's but, more things you'll catch on yeah. a second watch. Whereas this, it's all pretty much right there. Yeah, you've seen it. Yeah. So. All right. Well, next week, um, we we put the poll up. I think it was Saint Maud. You're gonna have to help me, Tyler. Yep, it was Saint Maud, um, Willie's Wonderland, and Nomadland. Nomadland, which is a Francis Francis. Uh, I'm drawing a blank on her name. Unbelievable. If you don't know her name, then I don't. That's <laughs> going to bother me. Uh, we, we, we asked those uh, those of you out there what you thought. McNormand. Yes. We asked those out there what you thought about one of those three films being our next review, and Willie's Wonderland won. Yeah, of course it did. Starring Nick Cage. Of course it did. <laughs> Tyler's a little uh, of course it did because uh, this technically is a horror film correct um, which St. Maud kind of falls into that category as well thriller horror mm-hmm. uh, Nomadland not so much but suspenseful so Willie's Wonderland next week of course so, we'll see be fun. We'll see. I'm curious to see because you know Nick Cage has got this. Uh, I don't know this uh, stigma around him. I guess is the word I'm going to use here. So I'm curious if it's a better or a worse movie than Thunder Force, that absolute atrocious uh, film. Yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, I think it's going to be better. Right. <laughs> anyway, on to the news. Uh, James Gunn expects Guardians of the Galaxy 3 to be his last. Uh, And really all that we have to go on off of this is a Twitter user, Kane Richardson, asks, will this be your last GFG movie, or will there be a fourth one? To which James Gunn replied, I'm planning on it being my last. Uh, now, Tyler, that's not a no. <laughs> so that's, I mean, it's not a yes either. So he's planning on it being his last means un, dot 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 unless someone convinces me right. otherwise. And I'm curious to see how his Suicide Squad movie does, right? Because I mean, he's like someone asked him um, in the same thread. They say, you know, 
why is this so far away? And he says, well, and he says, I've also got Suicide Squad, the Peace Walker series, another movie, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. He said, on top of living a normal life, he says, because so the guy said it kind of like in a backhandish way. And so you can tell James getting a little bit upset about it, which rightfully so. Right. And so he said, why do I have to waste it? I think it's like, why do I have to wait so long for this? And he said, well, this is why. <laughs> he said, it's not the only thing he's working right. on. Right. He's a multimillionaire uh, director. So there, there's other things. And writer at this point. I mean, but the script for Guardians of the Galaxy 3 has been done for since 2019. I think is when he had yeah. it done. And uh, I mean, follow up on this today. Um, who plays Drax? I'm drawing a blank on his name. Bautista. Yeah, Batista. He said that this is probably his last movie too. Drax's yeah. last movie, unless they recast. But he said, "Dude, he said I'm getting up there in my 50s." He says, "I think this is gonna be my last one." So yeah. I hope not, but we'll see. Uh, I mean, it, I get it. You know, the other thing too, like you mentioned that he's had the script done since 19, but for a normal movie, you would expect it's in production by now, right? But right. With Marvel, they've got to probably go through and cross-check everything to make sure everything that's being mm -hmm. set up needs to be set up, make sure well, everything that's referenced from the past needs to be referenced. And it's... you have to remember that it it also was the... They fired James Gunn. Was mm -hmm. it last year, I think, in 2020? I mean, they always... 2019, maybe? It might have been. I mean, and they rehired him. But, I mean, they, they also, you know, burned a little bit of a bridge there. And now he's yeah. being brought back because of the allegations from his past or that were never, that never proved anything. So, yeah, but, but I hope, I hope not. But I mean, he's got a bunch of movies coming out and I'm okay with it. Yeah. Next up, Marvel's Blade reboot will begin filming in July of 2022. Two. Again, another movie that has been was teased in 2019, and this and comes still five years away. Yeah, and this comes from MovieWeb uh, and Ryan Scott. Um, and he points out there's no director in place for the Blade reboot, starring Mahershala Ali, but it is still on track. Uh, that's really the the bulk of the information from this they just basically mm -hmm. go through and, and mention the other films and and what's coming up but um i'm really looking forward to blade because this is something you got three movies out of it before right and not that they weren't good movies but you didn't have the interconnectedness of the mcu mm -mm. You didn't have the production value. You didn't right. have that backstory, and you didn't Special. have Mother freaking Mahershala Ali. Let's just and say it where it is. And special effects back then were limited too. It's true. So, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that one. Mm -hmm. That's uh, going to be interesting. All right, next up, and our last bit of movie news, really short. Mm -hmm. uh, news segment this week from IGN. Just a small website. Just a small website you know, no one's ever heard yeah. of. Yeah, for and Matt Perslow, Warner Brothers reportedly searching for a black director and actor to front new Superman movie. Um, 
According to anonymous sources talking to The Hollywood Reporter, Warner Brothers and DC are committed to hiring a black director to helm the movie, the script for which is being written by Ta-Nehisi Coates. The plan is reportedly for the movie to feature a black actor in the role of Superman. A source said it would be tone-deaf for J.J. Abrams, who's who's attached to produce, to also direct. Um, The report has no concrete details on who could take on the role, nor which directors could be in the running. So that brings up one of our favorite things to do, speculate. (laughs) So who is... It's this next sentence I want you to read here. Because this is oh. where it, we've been talking about for months now. And it's TH, uh, the Hollywood Reporter sources do, however, know that this incarnation of Superman will not be a part of the DCEU. Yeah. The Snyderverse is done. And, and what they're doing is basically turning this over to J.J. Abrams to do his own thing. I mean, I, th- I think he could do it. I really do. Um, it won't reach the MCEU, the MCU levels by any time soon. But yes, it, it it leaves us to speculate. You gotta do something. Yeah. You gotta reboot somehow. And I just, I don't know. Is this this is gonna be a good movie? Of course, Michael B. Jordan said he is not going to be playing Superman, which again would have been great casting for that. But we don't know. They don't have it cast yet. Right. It could just mean. They've talked to me, but I haven't signed a contract. Hell, the script's not even done, but it's being right. written. Ta-Nehisi Coates has uh, done a lot of, of good – I just want to make sure I get a lot of good writing. I'm pretty sure he – let me go to see all this work. He's written a lot of books. But what else – or something else I know that he's – oh, Black Panther. He wrote Black Panther. I don't know why I was completely forgetting that. He's also writing the second Black Panther, uh, Wakanda Forever. So, I mean, love, he, love the title, by the way. Right. I mean, he's going to do phenomenal on this writing wise. Just, to, I hope Warner Brothers gives him everything that he needs. And the same yeah. thing for the director, because I have, without a doubt in my mind, that he's going to be, they're going to find a great director for this. But, it's, well, that's, it's that's Warner something. That's something else interesting, too. I mean, we mentioned Michael B. Jordan. He was in our movie of the week. He's he's come up in this. He was um, asked by someone about Black Panther. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said he was, you know, he. I think he said he was glad to see it was called Wakanda Forever. Um, and he, uh, he complimented Marvel on the way that they get things done and the way that they plan things out. I mean, so he's got his own production company as well. So, I mean, he he understands it on a different it's, level. It's also got to be um, a relief as the talent being asked to show up that you know when you get there, everything's going to be handled like it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he doesn't take this role, I mean, who is it? I mean, just... We, I mean, we talked last week. I want Idris Elba. If Michael B. Jordan is not going to do it, I really want Idris Elba. Who directs? Here, here, here's the name. Depending on the tone that you want to set, Jordan Peele. Mm. See, that's a good one. And I want to say Ryan Coogler. I mean, why yeah. not bring back the, the Coates and Coogler 
uh, dynamic from Black Panther to bring it on to Superman. I mean, it, it's it's Superman is a a house icon in name, and with what they did with Black Panther, I feel like if they did that together, I mean, hell, even Jordan Peele, the same thing, could make Superman a phenomenal thing. You're going to have your backlash from your rednecks and your racists, of course. You're, you're going to see that. Just already be expecting it. But I think it would be a lot of fun to have a black Superman. Of course, you can't beat you know, my Superman right now, Henry Cavill. But we'll see. We haven't gotten there yet. Um, well, Tyler, Tyler Hecklin's getting close, you know. But <laughs> um, I think Idris Elba would be a good one. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to depend on two. Do they want a younger actor? I'm not Ooh. sure how old Elba is. He's in his 50s. 40s? How old is... 48. So, okay. getting get there. So, if, if they wanted someone younger... Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, Dwayne Rock Johnson, I think that'd be a good one. Uh, He's in his 40s, too. And also uh, Black Adam. That guy looks like Black Adam. No, that's (laughs) Superman. (laughs) Oh, man, I love it. But anyway, that that was it. We do have one one movie that's releasing this next week. It's one that I I really want to see. Maybe we watch it for for next week's, or Mm -hmm. not next week, but the week after. Um, and that's the woman in the window on Netflix. Drops May fourteenth. Stars Amy Adams. We were talking Gary Oldman, Anthony mm-hmm. Mackie, Wyatt uh, Wyatt Russell are both in it. So I mean, you, I wonder what they nice... filmed first. Anthony Mackie and I was kind of curious about that. <laughs> you know, did they meet on that right. on Woman in the Window and then go to Falcon the Winter Soldier, or mm-hmm. was it the opposite? I don't know. I bet. But, uh, oh, I would, I would like to imagine that it was. I imagine they filmed Falcon and Winter Soldier and then went to do a uh, Woman in the Window. I just want to live that world because with the rest of the cast and like production crews, like, hey, so uh, y'all were in that that show. You, you want to tell me anything that happens? I, it's just something like I just think about. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Our last topic of the show is our video games. Um, I want to start right off. I've been playing new Pokemon Snap. been playing it a lot more, getting some more levels. I stopped playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla um, earlier in the week. I finished all of the Valhalla, the Asgard storyline. And then it opened back up to Jotunheim, which is another huge map with a bunch of things to do. I said, okay, I'm going to have to set this down because there's just too much and... Uh, I've already got the main story. I've got everything done. I just don't want to do it. But, of course, with uh, the DLC dropping this week, I'm kind of like, well, maybe I need to beat it just to say about all that done and then go into the DLC. Um, and then I put... Do it. Don't get too far behind. I know. That's, don't that's don't be problem. like me. <laughs> and then the, the new game I've been playing is Immortals Phoenix Rising. came out last year by Ubisoft as well. Ubisoft Quebec. It is. It feels a lot like Assassin's Creed Odyssey, with a lot more um, 
mythology, uh, Greek mythology put in. So you are playing a, I'm assuming it's going to be a demigod named Phoenix. And you create your own character, female, male, and mess with all the hairstyles and everything. And it's, um, oh, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, he's chained to a stone. It starts with a P. Zeus chained him there. Uh, that's not Prometheus. Is it Prometheus? Um, I can't remember. I get, I get my Greek gods. There's so many of them. Who did or is it? Zeus chain? Well, it is Prometheus. Okay. Prometheus. So it's, Prome it's Zeus and Prometheus having a story, and Prometheus is telling the story of Phoenix. And it's, it's really well, like the writing is really well done. And like they commentate mm -hmm. when you're doing stuff and like they, they banter and it's, it's really funny. Um, but the controls are the exact same as Assassin's Creed Origins, Odyssey, and Valhalla. Like everything is the exact same. And like, it's like, I'm pretty sure the, the te Ubisoft teams are sending the data between each other, the control schemes. And saying, so what we use is you, here's your template and have at it. Because it's a lot of the controls and a lot of the game and the gameplay are the exact same things besides the story. That's, that's good, though. I yeah. mean, I mean, it's, it's not a bad thing. It's just it's if you if you're if you know what you're doing in Odyssey and Origins and Valhalla, you can play uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising the exact same way. I mean, yeah. it's literally the same like concepts, the almost the same UI anyways, but it's good. I'm enjoying playing it so far. I've maybe put three hours into it. What you've been playing, cool. Chris? Uh, I did dip back into some Assassin's Creed mm -hmm. just for a touch, uh, because this week ended the first inning program on the show. I was able to max out the XP ladder, get all the rewards. Sounds about right. And uh, <laughs> I went into the second inning program, got it started. I'm already like 170,000 XP in or something like that. Uh -huh. So just trying to grind and get those free packs and, and players and, and everything else. I did dip back into Madden right after the draft to see what draft content they dropped and everything. But it's just... Did they drop anything with it? They did. They had a whole draft promo and and all that, but oh. trying to trying to go in and and get the cards. And I haven't really picked up Ultimate Team except for that, um, really since MLB the Show came out. I need to get back into the show, but with the the two things coming out this week, yeah, uh, well, technically three things coming out this week. I don't know if I'm going to be able to touch it, and I need to, and I hate that so much, especially with the Pirates doing. The normal pirate stuff. We almost got swept by the Cubs, but we we won today. So, but anyways, that's neither that's here good. nor there. First up, we've got three news news stories on our video game section. Our first one is PlayStation has partnered with Discord. We're going to Inverse.com, and this is by uh, I guess just the writers of Inverse. Oh, Thomas Franzess. Discord is about to make chatting on PlayStation consoles a whole lot better. Sony and Discord announced a new partnership on May 3rd that would bring the popular messaging platform directly to PlayStation consoles by early 2022. Discord boasts over 140 million monthly users and is a well-known platform in the gaming circles. I mean, we use Discord right now to record this podcast. Um, right. This deal makes it clear that the platform will remain independent for now. 
It's a surprising turn of events given recent reports that Sony's chief gaming competitor, Microsoft, was looking to acquire the platform. Ampere Analyst Research Director Piers Harding-Rolls says remaining autonomous makes the most sense for Discord. Yeah. It's so, exciting. So next week, we're going to record the podcast while we play games mm-hmm. on our PS5. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> no, it's... So I feel like once that happens, because I mean, honestly, the the party system on the PlayStation UI is not good, and the right. fact that they're going to incorporate all of this, it's going to it's going to bring PC and PlayStation a lot closer for sure. And I I'm glad I was glad when Microsoft was going to potentially buy Discord. So, and speaking of Microsoft, number two, Square Enix, Sega, Bandai Namco, Xseed, and Gearbox Entertainment sign on for E3 2021. We're going to Polygon.com by Micro McWhorter. E3 2021 just got bigger with game publishers and developers Square Enix, Sega, Bandai Namco Entertainment, Xseed Games, and Gearbox Entertainment confirming their attendance. Those companies will join previously announced exhibitors Nintendo, Xbox, Capcom, Ubisoft, Take-Two Interactors, Warner Brothers Games, and Coke Media at this year's reimagined all-virtual E3. That's exciting. Um, We're starting to get back to our normal E3, if you can call it that. Uh, you know, we've talked about E3 in the past dying and not coming back, but with all these mm-hmm. other people signing up to be on it, I don't mean, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see what E3 looks like this year. Because if, it, if it's not good and doesn't do any well, then yeah, E3 is going to die. But something that is not dying and is actually coming to life. Number three in our last story for the show, the 2020-2021 Olympics are coming to Twitch. We're going to a small website known as comicbook.com by Mark Deschamps. NBC Olympics and Twitch have announced a new partnership heading into the Tokyo Olympics 2021. In a bid to reach a bigger audience, bigger audience, viewers can expect to see coverage leading up to the Summer Olympics and during the Olympics on Twitch. According to a press release from the two companies, viewers can expect to see content specifically aimed at the Twitch community, including athlete gaming competitions. There will also be interactive tools and games for viewers to participate in. It seems like a bold deviation from normal Olympic coverage, and it will be interesting to see whether or not it results in greater viewership. In their press release, Twitch Chief Content Officer Michael Aragorn discussed the partnership and what it means for viewers. Quote, the way that people consume traditional sporting events is changing. They no longer want to simply spectate. They want to be as close to the action and athletes as possible. We've seen this firsthand with the growth of our sports community on Twitch as viewers tune in not only to watch their favorite athletes, but to also take part in pre- and post-game interviews and virtually connect with other fans from around the world, Aragon says. The Olympics represent represent an opportunity for a global fan base to embrace this new world of live and interactive sports. We are thrilled to partner with NBC to give fans in the United States an intimate front row seat to this iconic sporting event and connect American athletes and fans in a way that can happen on Twitch. All in. I mean, I'm a huge Olympics fan. And when 2020, they announced it wasn't going to happen, obviously for obviously reasons, uh, I was a little, a little upset, but I'm glad that they're bringing them back. And the fact that they're bringing them on Twitch, which is where I watch a lot of my content throughout the week, is very exciting. And I'm curious to see how they do it and what it looks like. And if it would be like your normal uh, programming and cover multiple different things. Because I'll never forget watching uh, Michael Phelps swim for the last time. And 
um, the what was it the Fab Five, the the gymnast from America. I mean, oh, I'm so excited! I can't wait. I I'm curious though. I mean, is is Twitch gonna grow to the point that it it kind of becomes this thing that people don't want to use? Um, like our one of our local sports talk stations here in Nashville, 104.5 The Zone. They've got their own Twitch channel now. Where I they, did not know that. Yeah, they um, they actually when they do their shows, they'll start the Twitch feed, and you can just watch them in the studio talking. Oh. Uh, and and they're talking about doing some additional content. Um, maybe when there's a big game, cutting to shots of certain hosts, and they can't show the game, obviously. Right. But showing their reaction yeah, in the last you could have it watching them or yeah, or so, yeah. Oh, I did not uh, know they had a Twitch channel. It's when it starts getting to that point where you have radio stations doing their stuff on there. And now you, you've got politicians now. You and... got politicians. Is it going to get to the point where people are like, I want something less mainstream that's just for this community? Yeah. And that's one of the things with Twitch being as big as it is. I mean, this is great because this is going to bring, uh, for the Olympics, it's going to bring a lot of the, the younger generation into it uh, somehow, mm-hmm. some way. I mean, even if they don't watch it there, at least it's going to have more eyes on it. And, right. I mean, there's nothing like watching the opening ceremony live and getting to enjoy that. But, I mean, it just, there's, I mean, you got politicians on Twitch now. And Bernie Sanders on there. AOC, she does a bunch of stuff, which is great because she's not really so much political, but she's educating. And, like, she'll people ask her questions. She's with your most popular – like, she was with Dr. Lupo for her first stream, which is a huge uh, Twitch streamer. And just stuff like that. So, I don't know, man. But I I think this is good news for for the Olympics and for for Twitch, really, Um, just to get more people – into it, I I feel like the Olympics should be a bigger deal than what it is, because I love competition, and mm-hmm. this is where the one event with for the whole world that everybody comes together. It's supposed to be for the where everyone comes together, and politics, countries, religion, everything's just not there, and it's just supposed to be just sports and competition. And, and to me, that's what it is, and that's what I want it to stay being. But. I think American football should be an Olympic event. <laughs> Do you know they're doing MMA this year? Are they? Yes, I'm really excited about it, and they're doing uh, was... they're doing some video games as well, League of Legends. That's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, and of course they're like, oh, that's not sports. Blah 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 blah. I can't. Why people want to watch that? Well, I mean, you're watching football, so anyways. Uh, our noble new releases we have got on May the 11th season of the Splicer coming to Destiny 2 on all your Destiny services, including Stadia. Uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, May 13th, Wrath of the Druids, the DLC, comes out PC, PS5, Xbox Series X, PS4, Xbox One, and Stadia. Uh, I will be partaking in that one. I'm actually partaking in all of these, so this is where my week is going to be going. Uh, and then our last one is Mass Effect Legendary Edition PC, PS4, Xbox One uh, on May 14th. And I cannot wait to dive into that for the first time. Also on May 14th is Quantum Replica PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. And ladies and gentlemen, that is our show. 
of course, thanks for everyone for listening. We all hope you enjoyed this episode of the NerdWide Podcast. Don't forget to share on all your favorite social media platforms and forget to rate and review on your whatever podcasting services you're using. Uh, so you go to social media, you can follow the NerdWide account at nerd underscore wide. That is where we do all of our polls and questions and interact with you guys. Uh, you follow me on, on Twitter at Ty underscore Haynes and Chris at MavTN7. And as always, guys, this has been the NerdWide Podcast. Thank you all for watching and listening. We cannot wait to do episode uh, 26 with you guys next week. Of course, we did do our show and tell. We're holding up our number ones as you see it right now. Guys, stay safe, wear your mask, wash your hands, and get vaccinated if you can. Later, guys.